I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. to watch, Eve. What do you mean, you like to watch? I like to watch. I'm Don Hall. This is Donnie Smith. And this is the I Like to Watch podcast, yet another podcast about film. Before we get started, a little bit of housekeeping. If you're enjoying what we do and you're liking hearing Donnie and I hold court about the films we like to watch, um, I'd love for you to go to Apple Podcasts and give us a review. Any stars, one through five is fine. Any kind of uh, comments, if you want to talk about how we sound exactly the same or how I'm a dick and Donnie's awesome, whatever you want to say, we'd love to have that feedback. Also, if you are on Twitter in that cesspool of rage and filth, (laughs) um, we are at I Like to Watch Pod. Um, please follow us on Twitter and uh, and hold court. Let us know what you think. Talk to us. That's what technically what Twitter was supposed to be in the first place, is right. people having online conversations in real time. So we are glad to have you talk to us. Tell us what movies you think we should talk about. Tell us what movies we missed on. Uh, if, if we missed a complimentary movie or a double feature movie, let us know what you think. Word. We love that. And that is our housekeeping. So, Donnie, um, it is the second episode in October 2022, which means we have we did Jeepers Creepers last time for our awesome. horror flick. Great pick. What is your pick for this week? Uh, this week we're doing 1978's Halloween, directed by John Carpenter. Now, such as can it I, is... Can I back you up? Oh, no, please. Can I back you up ahead, just please. one second? Yeah, 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 sir. Because I, I was thinking about how to list this. This uh-huh. is not Halloween. This is John, John Carpenter's, Carpenter's Halloween. Halloween. He, yeah. specifically, he specifically made sure his name was above the bill yep. because there is, a, well, I think it's 2018, Halloween. Correct. That is not John Carpenter's. That is correct. So this is John Carpenter's well, Halloween that's why, that's why, that's why I threw the I threw the year in front of it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Yes. Uh, such as it is, the plot centers on Michael Myers, a six-year-old boy who murders his teenage sister on Halloween night in 1963 and is sent away to a mental institution only to escape on the same holiday 15 years later to return to his hometown and kill again. That's it. That's that's such as it is. That is the plot. 
right? That is the, it's a, it's a thin plot, but it's a brilliant movie. Why do you like to watch John Carpenter's Halloween? You know, I think the thing that sticks with me is, I think it was like three years old when I, I kind of like uh, wandered out into the living room of, of the apartment that my parents had above the funeral home that they ran in 1981. And uh, Halloween was on TV for the first time. Uh, the, the rights had been sold to NBC, I think it was. And uh, okay. my aunt, my aunt Debbie, my godmother, uh, she was babysitting me. Uh, she had some friends over. They were, you know, just noshing on some pizza and shit. And um, yeah, I just kind of wandered out into the living room. And <laughs> I just saw this crazy shit happening on TV. And I was glued to it. Just glued to it. So uh, that's my kind of general first memory of the film. When I came to it years later, um, I think it was, I, I, I think it was the cinematography. I think it was the acting. I think it was the fact that I didn't recognize really, I mean, again, aside from Donald Pleasance, who I'd probably already seen in, in The Great Escape, um, I didn't really recognize anybody in this film. Uh, and I just kind of, I, I, I kind of went on the journey with them. And and that's why I say like such as it is with the plot. This for me is just kind of like a it's just kind of like a hang film, hangout film. I think Tarantino calls them hangout films. Yeah, yeah. You're just thrown into the situation with these people and you follow these people along and shit happens to them. And that's pretty much the 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 point of the movie, you know? Um as we go along, Donald Pleasance's character as as Dr. Loomis, uh, Michael Myers' psychiatrist, since he was sent away at 15 or 16, 6, excuse me, for 15 years. Um, yeah, he kind of gives us uh, exposition as we go. But for the most part of the film, we're hanging out with Laurie Strode and uh, Linda and Nancy and the babysitters and their little high school shit. And we hear their conversation on Halloween night. And I mean, that's it. That's just what happens. And, and, and the fact that there isn't really a motivation for Michael Myers, right? Um, he is the kind of embodiment of evil. I, I, I think that's what's really cool for me. You know, um, you grow up with a lot of these horror films where I think they try to explain everything to the nth degree. This one does not do that in any way. Even Psycho... You know, we have that last scene with the psychiatrist, right? We talked about this in, in a previous episode. You have that yeah. last scene with the yeah. psychiatrist who basically lays it all out about why uh, uh, Norman Bates is how he is and, you know, whatever. You don't have that in this movie. And I think that's what's really cool about it, story-wise. Visually, the movie is just, it's just sumptuous for me. Like, just long takes, beautiful photography, um, yeah, I think those are the, the kind of elements that make me keep going back to this particular entry in the uh, slasher genre. What about you? What do you, what do okay, you, yeah, where, not, where are you at with this movie? Well, I know, I know you don't want to talk about uh, all the sequels because you're a big fan of all, all of sort of like the, the entire universe of Halloween, and that's fine. I in, don't have in, a problem no, 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 with no. that. I mean, we can talk about them, but like in one way or another, yeah. you know, I appreciate them because of what this movie set up. Now, what other writers yeah. went on to do and what other directors went on to do and the producers to shape the story in their own way to continue the sequels, you know, God bless, I will always pay to see Michael Myers on the big screen if I can. 
Okay. Yeah, see, and I'm not I'm not so much a Michael Myers fan as Michael Myers. I like what I really like. First of all, I saw this movie, I think, in 79. I saw it in a theater. I probably was 12, 13 years old. Well, because back you then, know, um, back and, then movies actually ran in theaters for in theaters for a long well, what time. What happened was it. What happened, and one of the things I really, really like about this movie is kind of how it how it hit the scene. Um, I love the sort of perfect rags to riches story. Mm-hmm. Carpenter was on, on all of the gang on this film. They were just right out of high school or college. They were kids. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, what I think is interesting is like he had made one film before this, The mm-hmm. Siege, mm-hmm. which nobody wanted. No, no, nobody um, in the United um, States assault, wanted. Assault on Precinct 13. Well, it was originally called The Siege. Oh, okay. okay. And when they tried, yeah, and they tried to, uh, the, the producer tried to get it uh, distributed in the United States and nobody fucking wanted it. And then all of a sudden he got a, a call from a London uh, film festival. And they said, we'd like to have that film. So they, and he renamed it Assault on Precinct Precinct 13 Mm -hmm. and sent it to London. And it won a big, huge prize and became sort of like the London, everybody in London fucking went apeshit for this thing. And that kind of launched Carpenter's career. So when it came to time for them to make this movie, the producer's like, hey. I want to do I want to do theater of the mind. I want to do a scary movie that has like as little blood as possible, no sex or gore. Um, and can you do it? So Carpenter and Deborah Hill, his partner um, at the time, um, who produced it, and she wrote the script. And John Carpenter kind of yep. added to it. Yep, yep. You well, know, well, Deborah, Carpenter Deborah Hill, said, yep. Deborah, Deborah wrote all of the babysitter shit. And then John yeah, Carpenter yeah. wrote all the Dr. Loomis, Michael Myers shit, right? Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. they wrote that. They yeah. co-wrote it. And then Carpenter said, okay, I'm going to do it, but I want to be the writer, director, and composer because he was a guitar player. And he had, I think, that's what I think is so funny about John Carpenter at that time. He had all of the complete unearned hubris and overconfidence of a fucking guitar player. Sure. You know, it's like, sure. fuck you. Yeah. I've made one movie and I want top billing yep. and I want to have all of this shit. And not only that, I'm going to compose this goddamn thing. I'm doing, and I'm going to hire all of my fucking friends. And, and the guy said, sure, here's $320,000. Knock yourself out. And I want final cut. And I want my name. Yeah. And I want my name above the title, like you pointed out. I mean, yeah. all of it. The yeah. fucking balls. Yeah, the yeah, balls yeah. on this yeah. kid yeah. are insane. Yeah. But he and fucking so delivered, really like man. He delivered. Yeah. Like. And, and but again, again, that rags to riches thing. They yeah. make the movie. The distributor can't get a whole lot of people to, to distribute it. So he does. He does that thing where it's like, I'm going to start in small markets. Yep. Kansas, you know, I mean, Kansas like, City, gonna, and then Kansas City was Kansas the big City. opener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and like the first, he describes it as like the first night there weren't that many people, but then the second night there were twice as many people, and then the third night there were four times as many people, and it became what what we know now as a viral hit. It became a word of mouth experience, and then because, and this is another thing I think is brilliant, because they named it. Halloween, because originally it was titled The Babysitter, Babysitter Murders. Murders. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and they changed it to Halloween, which made it iconic for every Halloween. And so I got to see it as like, uh, it wasn't a midnight movie, but it was like a late night filming or late night, late night showing 
during October of 1979, yeah. it was not a regular run. It was like, here's a special, oh, we're going to show Halloween. Sure. And it it was already becoming sort of that Halloween movie you watch. Well, and it was before all the knockoffs, before all the, 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 the sequels, before Friday the 13th, all of the other movies that were sort of derivative of this movie. And so I, I that's my experience. I love this movie. Well, and I forget who said it. I, I don't know. I, I think it was Carpenter. I, I can't remember who said it, but but someone was blown away by the fact that in like 50 some years of filmmaking, no one had ever titled a movie Halloween. I mean, it's no so shit. it's so fucking simple, you know. Like the 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 the, the, the holiday itself had been around for how many fucking generations, right? Like the yeah, fact yeah. that you didn't use this one word title. I mean, what what just came out was a couple of years ago the uh, the 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 Tatum Channing movie, uh, Dog, and I saw these billboards oh, yeah. a lot. I saw these billboards around Los Angeles, and I'm like, they're calling the movie Dog. Dog? That's it? Dog. Okay. It works. What the fuck? It I works. don't know what the fuck it is. I didn't, dog. I didn't see I didn't see the movie. I didn't see it either, but, but at least uh, Halloween. I saw the preview. It looks fun. I'll probably watch it because I I I'm a Turner and Hooch, you know. I, I'll watch it at some fucking point. And I like I like oh, yeah. I like I like Channing Tatum. So I, I like I'll fucking Channing watch Tatum. the movie. Yeah, I do too. But like Halloween at least there's some kind of like you know oh it's gonna be about Halloween well, it's on Halloween the thing is, you don't even know everybody everybody in an Anglo-Saxon sort of you know, in Europe and the yeah. United States everybody knows what Halloween is they yeah. all have it as a it's a it's a national holiday and so everybody celebrates it in some way whether or not you hate Halloween right. or you love Halloween or <laughs> right. you're just indifferent to Halloween you know what you know Halloween what it is. is yeah so it. It's kind of a brilliant thing. Now, one of the things that you talk about a lot, and I know you are a huge fan of Dean Cundy, mm. um, and it and it's one of the things I was thinking. I my mom and I went and saw The Woman King, which I recommend. Oh, okay. Um, really, really, really fantastic film. Cool. But before you and I, before you and I really started doing this podcast, I don't. It, cinematography is not a. I'm more like, let me sit down and just watch the movie. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to focus on, I mean, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. I went to, because I used to play in symphonies and that kind of stuff, and we went to the Wichita Symphony Orchestra. Cool. And my mom was just transported by the Wichita. She loves the music, all that stuff. My reaction was, she said, what did you think? And I mm. said, well, the viola section sucks. Mm. And she goes, how do you know? I said, well, because I can hear that they're out of tune. Wow. I said, yeah. the woodwind section is the best section. The brass the brass has uh, got some issues. Uh -huh. um, but the woodwind section is... And, and so, but that's because when I listen to a symphony orchestra, that's sort of my frame of reference. So I don't have that cinematography frame of reference that you seem to have. So tell me why it's specifically to this movie, because I know you've talked about Dean Kundi before, about all the movies he's done. What about this movie takes a $320,000 movie and makes it look like they spent $2 million on it? Well, I think what it is, it's the placement of lights, I think. I mean, we talked a little bit about this with uh, Untouchables, which Kundi was not the cinematographer for, but... Um, you can see it in other work that he does. It's 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 the placement of lights and specifically depth of field, right? A lot of horror movies, to me, 
if you look at like the Friday the Thirteenth series, or or, or I, I don't even know Nightmare on Elm Street is a the first one's really great, but the other ones are they're just so like Technicolor. Um, this particular film and a lot of Kundi's films, there's a great depth of feel to what he does. To me, if I were to give somebody two great examples of his work, it would be Halloween and Jurassic Park. They're shot in very similar ways. He uses the widescreen in a, in a, in a, in a, in a major way, uh, 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 just as like, um, uh, just like every frame is almost a, a painting, if you will, you know? Um, but depth of field, I mean, you know, you have the you have the foreground is lit, but then you have things so far in the background lit that are just completely unimportant to the viewer. But it paints a picture for you. You know, there's that scene, for instance, there's that scene uh, towards the end of the film where um, there's a shadow of Michael Myers carrying Nancy Loomis's body back into the house. You've got the side of the house lit. You've got the front of the house lit. Everything is a choice as to what's lit so that you could see this silhouette of him but not see everything. You don't know that she's dead. You don't know that he's got a mask on and possibly some kind of creepy weirdo murderer. Like, he could just be a boyfriend bringing this girl into a house. You have no idea. But, like, we as the audience know because we've been through this whole journey, right? But Laurie Strode's looking at this and who knows what she knows, Right. So to me, that's that's what's so special about Kundi as a, a, a DP. It's his lighting in the depth of field, you know, bringing all of that together for us as the picture that we're looking at. Excuse me, Laurie. Oh, Mr. Brackett, I'm sorry, Mr. Brackett. Oh, I didn't mean to startle you. That's all right. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> nice seeing you, sir. And, and yeah, I agree with you. And I would add, I would add, and one of the things that uh, I read that I thought was quite interesting is that of the $320,000 they were given for a budget for this film, seventy dollars or $75,000 of it were spent on the Panaflex Basically, it was, uh, what is it? Uh, Panaglide. Like Steadicam. It Panaglide. Was... Panaglide. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, Panaglide. And it was, it was, and they only used it really for the one opening shot, which they, they shot They use last. it, well, they use it, they use it a lot. Do they lot. use it a couple they, other times? Well, they use it specifically for Michael Myers' POV, right? So yeah, there's, yeah. there are a few shots in it where you don't see Michael Myers' body, you, you but you have yeah. his POV. That's all Panaglide. Right, yeah, and that ho- that whole opening sequence, which is like eight minutes long, right, is with like one edit is is all from kid, yeah, with one edit mm-hmm. when he puts on the mask, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it switches to you can see through the eye holes, right. But and and, and I would argue, and it's it, I I actually think Carpenter knew exactly what he was doing, because without that opening shot. And I'm not, this isn't like a, a poo-poo on the rest of the movie, because I think the rest of the movie is quite good in almost every way. And along the lines when you're talking about the cinematography really does make it look good. But that opening eight-minute shot is what this, it, that's that's sort of the, the guild on the lily. That is like, okay, we've made a great movie, but we're going to open this and we're going to open this movie in a way that no other real horror film has opened. And with technology that that is going to surprise, it looks like well, 
a fucking million dollar movie just from this opening eight minutes. Well, and I think that's pretty, it's pretty smart. Well, right. I mean, you don't have to have the money that, uh, 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 a touch of evil. Help me out. Person You didn't have to have giant cranes. You didn't have to have all of that studio shit. You know, you didn't have to have all of that. Like you could literally have a guy with a fucking camera strapped to his chest to just do all of this. So like he, he you know, as a, as, a, as a student of film, he knew what those uh, baller shots were, right, in early cinema. And so why not set your story, your, again, very, very cut down, very trimmed down, very slim plot. Why not set that up? with the best shot possible. And it's shocking. Yeah. You know, it's shocking. Oh, it really is. Uh, there, there are so many... It's because it's a kid. It's a little kid it's with a, a knife. Well, That's and you up. only get that at the very end of the shot. You only exactly. realize that at the very end of the shot when the mask is taken off, yeah. that it's a fucking tiny and little, like, little six-year-old boy, right? Yeah, six-year-old um, kid, yeah. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's this idea of, like, why wouldn't you set up your film in that way, you know? I, I think it's a, it's an amazing choice. It's obviously been aped several times since. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm constantly going back to this film um, for the same reason I, 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 I go back to Psycho or I go back to any kind of Hitchcock film. It's, it's, it's a very... Or, I mean, look, there's Rosemary's Baby, there's The Exorcist, right? I mean, those are pretty simple plots. They're pretty simple. It's, yeah. it's, you know, someone gets fucking possessed. Someone is impregnated by the fucking devil, right? Like, it's, I keep going back to these films because it's how the story is told throughout. It's how we're brought along as the audience to the final reveal or the final showdown, right? Yeah. That's yeah. why I keep going back to this. That's why this will always be in my top five horror films of all time. Always. Yeah. Now you made it. You made a list while we were going back and forth about this. You made a list of movies that are kind of, uh, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to stay overly simple, but have very little going on. They're just sort of like it's exactly the way you described this film. It's like here's a thing. Here's the catalyst. We're gonna set it loose. Now let's see what happens. To these people. You made a list. So share that list. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you know, there are just there are a few. You know, um, like. I, just in no specific order, right? I, I, actually, specific order. I'll go from from most recent to to whatever. But like, Nomad Land with uh, Francis McDormand. Okay. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Drive. Sure. Uh, the, with uh, Ryan Gosling, Nicholas Windy Griffin, right? Lost in Translation. Your boyfriend. Your boyfriend. My boyfriend, Ryan Gosling. Thank you. Um, Lost yeah. in Lost in Translation. Uh, yeah. Before Sunrise. Clerks. Dazed and Confused. You know, I mean, you could, you everybody can add to this list, but like, we're we're thrown into a situation with characters. We get to know these characters over a short period of time—an hour and a half, two hours—and we just hang out with them and we see what happens to them. There's no real plot. Yeah. There's no real driving see, force to the end of the film. You threw out. Go ahead. Yeah, you threw that list out, and and to me, my favorite—and this will probably be one we talk about later on—but it is one of my favorite films, and it is exactly that sort of day in the life. There's nothing really major going on. We're just going to kind of watch these people kind of live their lives, and that's uh, Dazed and Confused. Yeah, I love that movie. It's phenomenal. I mean, I thoroughly. Well, the reason it's I love fun. that movie it's is because I was it's fun. I, I I I was I was those kids. That, sure. That's, that oh yeah, was yeah, my yeah, upbringing, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though not, I didn't grow. 
up in Texas, that was me. And so, but again, it's one of those like, there's and there's not that much of a catalyst, but uh, and in Halloween, you know, what you have is you have the unleashing of a shark. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think this movie, I think this movie has in two movies that we've talked about, and we have talked about Psycho. I actually think Halloween has more in common in terms of sort of the rubber band stretching of tension. Mm-hmm. Like how far can you bend that rubber band before mm-hmm. you snap it? Um, I think the two movies that we've talked about up to date that really reflect that kind of storytelling are Jaws and Alien. Okay, yeah. Both movies, both movies have, I mean, the thing about it is if you think about Alien, oh, well, will you see the Xenomorph? And you've seen it a million times. You've seen thousands of it. No, no, no. In that movie by itself, before Aliens, just Alien, you really only see the Xenomorph bits and pieces of the Xenomorph until the very end, and then you see the whole thing. And there's only one. Jaws, yeah, there's only one. And in Jaws, you never really get to see... You get to see images of the shark. You get to see the shark kind of going by. You get to, you only really get to see the fucking shark until he's eating Quint right. on the goddamn boat. Right. And that's when you see the giant size of the shark. And I think that's one of the things I think is really good about this film is it is. It's simply here's this ominous figure with this incredible, simplistic, unbelievably catchy fucking piece of music so fucking i mean yeah. it's iconic yeah. but but you know the the what is it in the script it was called the shape the shape is that right that's what he's listed as yeah. in the in the in the credits in the in the in, yeah he's the yeah. shape yeah and what i love about it is it's up until you really start seeing him start just like stabbing the shit out of people is it's him standing stalking by a fence yeah yeah it's well, th- but that thing is, it doesn't even look like stalking. Yeah. It looks like this figure standing by a fence, mm-hmm. or a figure standing by a clothesline, mm-hmm. or a figure standing. He's just looking, and there's no animus. There's no violence presence. No. There's no. no knife shown. Right. But you know, you know from that opening shot, and the fact that he escaped. Oh my God! Yeah, something's about to it's fucking the, the, break. Yeah, When's it gonna break? And when it finally breaks, it's fucking terrifying. Well, it's the it, it is it's the building of that tension, and I think I think the similar thing that 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 is going on in the, the films that you mentioned too. Like we as the audience know more than our protagonists know, and I think that's what's yeah. super. I think that's that's what's super important about building a great horror film, right? When yeah. when when you watch the Conjuring films, and I love the Conjuring films, don't get me wrong, but like when you watch films mm-hmm. like that, like oh we're being brought in to investigate this haunting. It's like well they already know why they're here, so you know it's not. It, they're still fun. I love them. It's a lot of fun, but like it's not yeah. that level. It's a different kind of horror. Yeah, film. yeah, yeah. But you, you, it's the best thing, right? That that rubber band uh, kind of analogy. I love that. I love that. Yeah, and 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 we're on the edge of our seats because we're like, don't do that, don't do this, don't oh, don't you know? Look, look, look. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and it's not as cheesy as you know some of the derivatives that came after this film. I mean, before this film, you had, yeah. um, you had. I think Black Christmas was before this film. 
Um, yeah, Black Christmas, and the, and Black Christmas. It's a good the movie. original I Black mean, Christmas dude, is a really decent film. Fucking Bob Clark from A Christmas Story, directed yeah. by that yeah, blows well, you know, my fucking mind to this day. That, that, that guy yeah, made that nuts. movie. That's nuts. Jesus Christ! Two seminal Christmas films the guy made. But um, yeah, yeah, you didn't really have it. I mean, you had some of the Italian giallo films. Those were like way more splatterific, if you will, with like the blood and all that shit. Yeah, they were way more like funky. In their filmmaking, Carpenter really pared it down. He kind of married the giallo with Hitchcock and came up with fucking Halloween. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, the, the, those those Italian. I love. Uh, I watched a documentary on Shutter about uh, those Italian horror films and how they came about. And one of the things that I thought was most interesting, at least the interpretation that I saw, was that these guys that were making these Italian horror films didn't really know why American horror films worked, but they knew that the more blood and the more weird, hmm. the, the, the bigger, the broader, the more, you know, I, I remember, I'll tell you, it's one of the things, do you remember Terror in the Isles? Oh yeah, yeah, I loved that film. Uh, yeah. Donald Pleasance was the narrator of that fucking documentary. He, he was the narrator. Well, because of this. But, but yeah. one of the things, one of the things when I was a little kid, and I don't remember how old I was when I was watching this, but it, 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 to this day, well, maybe not to this day. I don't remember the last time I even thought about it other than this. But there was a period where I had nightmares. I mean, like literally nightmares about a scene in Terror in the Isles from, a, and I don't even remember what the movie was, but uh, just a cheeseball movie. But it was this guy cutting a guy's fingers off. Huh. And it was Italian and it was obvious that it was a rubber hand. I mean, you could see in the shot that it was a rubber hand. And the blood was more orange than anything else. Uh -huh. And it uh -huh. squirted out of the thing. But then you had these cutaway shots of this woman just shrieking. That image, as fake as it was, fucked me up for years. I, I, I couldn't get past that. Um, and what I, again, going back to, to, to Halloween, is is it's more existential dread than it is gore or blood. Right. Um, and, and one of the things, I, it, and I, you know, you know, I've had this conversation. I don't see, even though Loomis tells us how he is the embodiment of evil, mm -hmm. I really don't see Michael Myers as an evil character because we don't have any context for why he does it. I see him as an avatar of unfeeling destruction. We don't yeah. know why he kills, yeah. but he does it without... And, and I think that the thing is, to me, to define evil is there has to be some sort of joy in sure, the killing. Sure, 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 he, sure, has sure. No, he has no joy. He has no remorse. He's like... He's like Bruce, the shark in Jaws, yeah. or the Xenomorph. Well, but even, had, but even, it, it, but even, but even Jaws, you could kind of, you can kind of write that off as, I mean, it's the perfect killing machine, right? I mean, that's the why. Yeah. That's why those sharks have been around, and some of those creatures have been around for well, and hundreds I, of years. And the thing is, years, we, right, we. We just don't. We just don't know how to accept that in a human being. Right. But right. really, that's right. really what Michael Myers is. Is he's yeah. the perfect killing machine. Yeah. You know, you find out in in many sequels later that the motherfucker can't be killed by anything. Oh no! I mean, yeah, gunfire, yeah. fire. Well, and you find out in weapons, the second one that it's because it. it's his sister. Yeah. And fucking blah blah blah. Like that's all bullshit. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't it's, need it's all true. that shit. You know, I mean, that's what that's what was kind of fucked up. Um, did you ever see The Strangers with uh, Liam? Yeah. Uh, 
what was her name? Liv Liv Lee, Tyler. Liv Liv Tyler. Oh, Liv Tyler yeah. and and who is the who is was Scott it, it was Speedman? Cusack, was it Scott Scott Speedman. Speedman? That's who it was. Before, yeah, yeah, yeah. From the Underworld series. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the, the fucking ending of that movie is like, well, you know, uh, you know, why are you doing this? Because you answered the door. Yeah, that's it. That's the only explanation well, it's like, it's, given. Like, well, that's it's, horrible. Well, it's like it's like the Danish. It's the Danish film Funny Games. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Why are you doing yeah, yeah. Same thing. Same it's thing. a game. You yeah. know. And, yeah. And there's yeah. something about that that First is thing that you is do creepy. When you start a band, is talk about your influences. That's how you figure out what kind of band you want to be. So who do you like? Blondie. Christina Aguilera. Who? No. Come on. What? You. Shortstop. Puff Daddy. Wrong. Billy. Liza Minnelli? What are you, you guys? This project is called Rock Band. I'm talking about bands that rock. Led Zeppelin. Don't tell me you guys have never gotten the lead out. Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, ring any bells? What about Sabbath? ACDC. Motorhead. Oh, what are they teaching this place? Coming yeah. over to your house. Yeah. Coming over to my house. Yeah. We're going to do a double feature with John Carpenter's Halloween. What are your picks for the double feature? You know, I would immediately go to Halloween 2 from 1981, directed by Rick Rosenthal. It was also co-written by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. Uh, John Carpenter has said what got him through the writing of this film is uh, six packs of beer. Uh, and a lot of mo- and a lot of money apparently, um, yeah. This is the film that introduces Laurie Strode and Michael Myers as brother and sister, and how he's coming to get revenge after he killed the first sister in 1963. He's coming to kill Laurie Strode now because he's the other sister. It's bullshit. It's a bullshit plot. But I'll be honest, it's got that same kind of tension as the first film for me. Um, it's, and isn't it a direct con? It, isn't it, it is like a, a direct, direct continuation? Continuation yes. from the first movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the movie opens with, with the ending of the first film. You know, kind okay. of like kind of like Quantum of Solace does uh, with James Bond. That, like, yeah, I'm gonna say that doesn't yeah, happen. Doesn't, that doesn't happen very often. Doesn't happen very often. Choice. It's fun. I love when it happens. It's really cool. Um, you know, it, it's a little handicapped in that Laurie Strode, uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, spends the bulk of her time in a fucking hospital bed. But, um, you know, I, for me, it has it, it's still shot by Dean Kundi. So it's still it, yeah. that that for me is the kind of through line of the two pieces. It's shot by the same DP um, and it's just a continuation of the same night of because some of these sequels, it starts after the first movie. Right. But then it immediately shifts to however many days, months, weeks later. Ten this, years later. Yeah. Right. This literally happens the same night of the first movie. So that's why I would put these two together as a double feature. What about you? All right. My my first one is more thematic. Uh, I, I love the themes of a young woman uh, kind of battling sort of like this this violent, horrifying menace and playing, you know, I mean, it, it's, you know, it's, it's a game of chess, uh, and this kind of thing. And, and so my first pick for this, for the, uh, the double bill is 1991's Silence of the Lambs directed oh. by Jonathan Demme, um, based on the book. Um, so and it, it, part of it is because while we understand at some point that Hannibal Lecter, uh, 
we understand why he eats people. You know, mm. it's because they're impolite, because they're tacky. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, know, you kind of find that out. Um, in that movie, there are two, and we do ultimately find out why Buffalo Bill, you know, at least we understand his, his MO, mm-hmm. why he guts these heavy women and takes their skin. But what is fascinating is you've got uh, another one of those amazing POV Steadicam you know, oh, yeah, shots yeah, yeah. Of, yeah, yeah, from yeah. Buff- Buffalo Bill's perspective at the very end. You've mm-hmm. got that going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you have this young woman who is just completely out of her league, but somehow manages to step up, mm-hmm. you know, and and you have this bizarre relationship between the ultimate killer, because while Buffalo Bill's the killer in the movie, Hannibal Lecter's really the big, he's the bugaboo. He's, yeah. he's why we watch that movie. Oh, yeah. And their relationship is really symbiotic in the same way that Laurie Strode's is with Michael Myers. And so sure. I would say Silence of the Lambs, 1991. Well, I would say it too. It has like a, it has a similar Midwest kind of vibe to it, you know? And I think yeah. that's, I think that's another. It's more Pennsylvania, I, but yeah. Well, yeah. No, well no, no, sure, sure, sure. Rust Belt. Yeah, yeah. But it, middle America is what I would call it, right? It's not, yeah. on, it's not on a sure, coast. Sure. It's not in a major big city. And I think that's another reason that Halloween is so special is, like, it's not set in, like, a summer camp. It's not set in, like, your typical cabin in the woods kind of, like, typical situation. It yeah. is like a – it's like a fucking suburban little town somewhere in 1978, you know? Um, what's yeah, ha- it's, what's- not a David, it's not a David Himmel upbringing of the wealthy <laughs> Jewish kid going to camp and then writing a book about it. Well, so. or, or my shit on the south side of Chicago, right? Like Candyman. Fair I don't enough, know. Did you, see the, did you see the most recent Candyman? I – I loved it. I thought it was fucking great. I, I, I thought it was great. I, I really loved it. And I was not I expecting. Really loved it. I was not expecting shit well, from that remake. So I but loved, it was great. I loved. I loved the first. I loved oh, the yeah, first yeah, yeah, yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't you actually know. see this. I didn't see this as a remake. That was what I thought was interesting well, about it. Is this was an update. I didn't. And that's read, what I really liked. About I didn't it. want to read anything about it. So for me, yeah. I was coming into it like, oh, yeah, they're remaking it, whatever. And then I watched it. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. What they did with that film was outstanding. Yeah, it we'll was very smart. We, we'll we'll, do like, smart, a, we'll really do like a double movie. feature with those some sometime yeah. later. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, can't so, even update. Yeah, really yeah, good. Phenomenal. Um, so got, what's your, sec- what's your my second, second double one, movie? My second one's going to be uh, Halloween 2018. It's, uh, a, again, a direct continuation of the story with Laurie Strode. Uh, I, what is it like forty some years apart, thirty some years apart? I don't yeah. even, I don't did the fucking math on it. I think it's twenty. I you think know, it's twenty. I don't know. What's really kind of fucked up? Oh no, no, that's thirty. 40. That's thirty. 40. That's 30 it says years. forty years. It says forty years. Who's been institutionalized? Oh, you're right. Because twenty eighteen. Forty years. Okay. So you know, I thought it was well written. I thought it was well acted. I thought it was well shot. I think it's a fun movie. I think it's a great direct sequel especially 40 years later, to the original film. What's really hard while you're watching this film is to not think about the fact that it's already been set up for 40 years because of other films that Laurie Strode is Michael Myers' sister. It's really fucking hard. And I've seen the movie. I own the movie. I've seen it. I saw it in the theaters. It's really hard. And and they even broach the subject in the film as kind of a joke. Because uh, one of the high school kids that's friends with her granddaughter is like, "Oh, isn't that the guy? The, you know, isn't isn't that his his her brother? Isn't that your grandmother's brother or something like that?" And she's like, "No, no, no, that shit was just made up." 
and they kind of like brush it aside and it's gone, right? Yeah, they and brush it aside. Fine, it's fine that they at least broach the subject. It's really hard to let go of that. That said, the you rest know, of the you film know what's interesting fun. to me. It's well done. What's yeah. interesting to me about what you just said is uh, I didn't watch all of those fucking Halloween derivatives. I didn't watch any of them. Oh, good. Um, I haven't even seen Halloween two. Uh, I saw Halloween. Recommend it. Yeah. And then and then and then forty fucking years later, when Halloween uh, twenty eighteen came out, I watched that, yeah. and I found that to be a perfect great pairing. I like that. What it reminds me of is the Terminator movie. You got the Terminator. Then you've got Terminator Two, mm-hmm. and then you've got all this other bullshit. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you really want to have a, if you really want to have a perfect triad, then you go to the latest one, which is sure. Terminator Dark Fate. Right, right. Because one of the things, one of the things I always said about Terminator was that they thought when they started making all the derivative films, they decided that the Terminator was the hero of the movie, and. And Sarah Connor's the hero. Mm-hmm. He's the bad guy. So well, and then they tried to, to focus on 40, fucking, 50 years later. They tried to focus on yeah, John Connor bullshit. for a while. Like, John Connor. No, no, Jeez. no, no. That's why if I'm going to watch the perfect Terminator triad, it's going to yeah. be Terminator, Terminator Two, Terminator Dark Fate. It Work. just fits well. It works. So all right. Yeah. And then my second double bill is an unusual one. Again, thematic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, fascinated by the idea that 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 Michael Myers has no specific motivation for the carnage that he creates. And and we don't uh, not know. Not even in the first place, and, right? With his sister in 63. Yeah, it's, like, it's, we have no idea why he kills, no. just that he does. Yeah. And my, my second film is 2011's We Need to Talk About Kevin. Okay. It's got Tilda Swinton in it and uh, Ezra Miller. And the thing that's interesting about this movie and why I think it's a good combination is while it's a completely different kind of film, I mean, this isn't technically a horror film, it's a drama, but it it's about a kid who murders in a school and his family with a bow and arrow. Sure. And, you know, he's, he's, he's the kid that comes into the family and Tilda Swinton's the mother and she's trying to, to be the best mother she could be. And at the end of the movie, you've watched all this mayhem, all this carnage. You've watched her as a character go through something no mother should ever have to go through. And at the end, there's a scene where he's been in jail for two years and she's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's obvious they've set up that she's had regular visits, but it's the one we get to see. And she does. She she, she checks in on him and then she says, I have to know why. You know, and she's asking the question, why did you kill all of these people? Why did you kill my husband and your sister? And why did you do this? And he looks at her and he says, I used to think I knew, but I don't know anymore. And... That is that is the heart. I think if Michael Myers could speak, that's what he would say. Sure. And 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 so I think I think uh, that is uh, you know it'd, it'd be a hard night to sit and watch those two movies. And I think I'd probably uh, I'd I would probably I would, make I would, us watch. I would do this one first. I'd make us watch. Yeah, why well, would we need to Halloween would talk be the about pa- Kevin first? Halloween would be the palate yeah. cleanser in this situation. That would yeah. be the one where it's like, okay, let's just take a break because that's yeah. a very heavy movie. But I yeah. really, I really like it thematically about that that killing without knowing why sure. is pretty fascinating. What's interesting to me, I didn't know as I knew John C. Riley and 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 Tilda. I didn't know that Ezra Miller was in this film, and that's interesting because. Uh, they have yeah. uh, been experiencing. Some I can't do it. Really fucked up, weird shit. But uh, we don't have to go into that. But um, 
Yeah, that's going to obviously uh, – because uh, uh, I've, I've never seen We Need to Talk About Kevin. So if I – if when I go visit this film, it'll be really interesting to watch uh, his portrayal under uh, under the influence of all of this new shit. Okay. All right, I, I don't even know which trailer I'm picking. I'm just going to pick one, and I'm yeah. going to hit play, Please. and then we'll figure out which one it is. Oh, my God. So here, here, go. is, here is our first trailer. What about you? Sorry? If you could go anywhere in the whole world, where would you go? I always want to be part of something bigger. I love that answer. Something that lasts, that means something. Something yes. more important than life. Yes. It's written in the stars. I am a star. If I had money, I would only spend it on things that were fun, you know? Not boring things like taxes. I'm just wanting for everyone to party forever. When I first moved to LA, signs on all the doors said, no actors or dogs allowed. I changed that. And now, y'all ready for something different? Whoa! You know what we have to do? We have to redefine the form. Map those dreams and print them into history. Look up and say, Eureka! I'm not alone. All right, it's Damien Chazelle's uh, Babylon. And uh, are you familiar? You're familiar with the sort of like the era of silent films and Fatty Arbuckle and yeah, all that you, fucking nonsense. You actually sent me a book a, a few a, a few months ago at this point, maybe more than a few, uh, called Hollywood Babylon, all about the Fatty Arbuckles yeah. and the all of the scandals that uh, hit Hollywood in the 20s and 30s. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm really interested in this film. It looks like it might gloss over some of the more sordid details of things, but well, the thing it, the thing is, I think it's like La La Land, where it's more like a, a, a love letter to a specific period of Hollywood. Sure. And what I what I what I get from the trailer is, first of all, you've got some really good actors in it. Oh yeah, yeah you've yeah, got yeah. some amazing, like extraordinary set pieces. Mm -hmm. um, I love the idea, and and I can't decide from the movie. I'm pretty sure Brad Pitt plays like an Errol Flynn kind of character. Cause at one point in the trailer, you see him with a fake nose on set, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, cause mm -hmm. he, you know, it just like, I, I, it, the thing about early Hollywood, what is fascinating about it is it was, you know, anything goes, it, oh, yeah. it, you know, it was drugs. Literally the fucking, fucking wild west. It was parties. Yeah. It was insane. <laughs> and I really, I, I really love this, uh, this, this look of this movie. Um, and I'm excited to see it because I actually liked La La Land and I like what, what he does. And so I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I can't wait to see it. I didn't see his astronaut movie. Did you see that? Chazelle's astronaut Which movie? Which one? Damien Chazelle's. With, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't see that yeah. one. Yeah. With the yeah yeah, 
Um, no, I loved fucking La La Land. Uh, I'm I'm happy to check it out. I yeah I yeah I have nothing else to say about this movie. Like the only thing I would I, I again the only thing I would say is like based on the trailer, it looks really polished and 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 cute and fancy as opposed to. Uh, maybe some of the darker shit, but we'll see. We'll have to wait and see the, the film itself, yeah, right? Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. So I'm looking forward. All right, Word. so here is, so that was obviously my pick. Here yep, is yep. your pick oh, for God. what you're looking forward All right. to All soon. Right. So Ladies and gentlemen. This is it. You expected the mystery. You expected a puzzle. But for one person on this island, this is not a game. Will you explain it to us then, detective? mystery start glass onion a knives out story you know i wasn't expecting shit from the first movie i got it on Redbox. i think during the pandemic early pandemic i don't even remember Loved wasn't it. it wasn't expecting shit. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. And look, I'm you know we did Clue on this. I'm sure we'll do uh, Murder by Death at some point. Even though you hate, farts. I'm sure we'll do um, Murder. I, I I actually like I actually like Murder by Death. Oh, good. Uh, good I good, actually good, really good. like that as movie. problematic yeah, yeah, as some yeah. things are. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, yeah. you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, I wasn't I'm an expecting... 80s guy. I'm problematic just into my very existence. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I yeah, I wasn't expecting shit. So as a follow up. Um, yeah, I don't think the cast is as solid as the first one. Maybe I'm wrong about it's, that. It's definitely like, no, I, no, I agree with like you because. Team. It's like the B team. It's the B, it's the B yeah. team and it's fine. You know what it, you know what it reminds me of? What's um, that? are you a fan? There are two movies came out in di- obviously different decades, mm. but I, I, I think Ryan Johnson, cause one of my favorite films uh, that he directed is his first film, Brick. Brick. And and one of the things I think is really interesting is it. I feel like he watched uh, Lawrence, Sir Lawrence Olivier, and Michael Caine in Sleuth. Okay, yeah. And yeah. then and then and then followed it up with Michael Caine and Christopher Reeve in Death, Death Trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you Fair know enough. because that's Fair that's what, that's what these movies. That's what Knives Out sure. felt like to me. Is sure. it was like somebody somebody said somebody said I love Sleuth, I love Death Trap, and I also kind of love those old Agatha Christie, yeah. or, you know, the, the the Murder on the Orient mm-hmm, Express, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And so let me recreate that in this really fun way with a British actor we all know as James Bond, oh, who sounds like so a good. fucking Foghorn Leghorn. Like Foghorn yeah. Leghorn. Yeah, you, you know, it's like 
It's great. Look, and I think, you know, I think the Agatha Christie ones, for me, the old school ones, kind of, they're really, they really take themselves very seriously. And oh, they're, yeah. they're fine. They're fine. I think the first Kenneth Branagh one, which was Murder on the Murder Orient on Express, Express, I thought that was yeah. fun. I thought that didn't take itself too seriously. I thought the follow-up, Death on the Nile... Still, it that was, fucking went yeah, back. It's, it took it's itself too seriously. It's a turn. And the well, fucking it, guy still well, has that goddamn got mustache. Ugh. Yeah, it's too complicated. When you've got the a thing character about it is, and I like, with I, that kind of mustache, you cannot take yourself yeah. too fucking seriously. Well, and and here's right. the thing. I I like Kenneth Branagh as Perot, but I yeah. think Albert I think Albert Finney is far better. Okay. I think Albert Finney. It's been a is, long time since for I've me. Seen it. He yeah. he's well, yeah, he's he's the definitive uh, right Poirot, and yeah. I love his take on it. Yeah, I know, I, I don't have a problem with Kenneth Branagh. No, but uh, I love no, that. but I really like I really like this this Knives Out series that Ryan Johnson's doing, and, and I, think, I love uh, that Daniel uh, Craig. Hats off to him. I love that Daniel Craig has the fucking. I mean, the dude is fucking handsome as shit. He's a solid fucking actor, and I love. That he loves playing characters, it's like it's like there's yeah. this it's it's like there's this character actor in a leading man's body screaming to get out. Well, it's amazing. Well, when that's he does why it. it's amazing. That's when why he does in it. the original knives in the Ugh. original knives out. That's what I I've said that about Chris Evans forever. Is God Chris damn. Evans is <laughs> he's fucking Captain America, but what he really likes to do is play wacky characters. Yeah, and uh, yes. and he's really see, good did at see, it. Did you ever see so, London? Did you ever see a movie called London oh, yeah. with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think he's a yeah. really... And that was like, what? Like early 2000s. He's a really good fucking oh, yeah. actor. Anybody that has not seen him in anything other than Captain America, like, go look at some of his, his other shit. Out. Like, he's a really good fucking actor. He's a super good actor. But yeah, Well, it's yeah. sort of like Daniel Craig. If oh, you've yeah. never seen him for anything other Dude, than James Bond, I, you're missing I, out because this sorry. guy is a great actor. I'm sorry. Fun. Road, Road to Permission, Layer Cake. Yes. You know what I mean? Munich. Yes. Munich. I yeah, mean, that was all oh, before so Casino. That was all before Casino Royale. Like, and the thing I think is interesting is that you describe him as is really good looking. And the thing is, I don't think Daniel Craig is a very attractive looking man. Oh, I mean, wow. you know, he okay. takes his shirt okay. off after he's done thing. He's got these big fucking ridiculous ears. He's kind of got a boxer's and he's got this nose, big chunky yeah. nose. Yeah. He yeah. looks. He looks like he looks like a punch drunk uh, dude. But I guess. Uh, He's yeah, so yeah. good, it just carries it off. I guess my eyes. His just... James Bond is his my... James Bond is not about how good looking he is. Yeah. It's about how feral and yeah. aggressive and alpha male he is. That's why he gets the chicks. It's I not guess, because he's good looking. I guess my eyes just go to his abs, Don. I don't know what to say. That's what I'm saying, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and that's the way it is. But yeah, All I right. mean, you got Edward so... Norton. When was the last time you saw a movie with Edward Norton? For Christ's sakes, like I don't even remember. He did some noir, like like Brooklyn. Well, there was a motherless some, Brooklyn. Yeah, I was say, yeah, yeah. I never saw Run it. motherless Brooklyn. Yeah, it, it was yeah. good. It was okay, good. He was okay. really good in it. Yeah, Kate, Kate I, Hudson. I enjoyed Kate him. Hudson. What the fuck? I mean, yeah, there's, there's we haven't seen people, her in a long good time. People in this movie. All right, yeah, I'm interested. I anyway. love Dave, but ba- Dave Batista getting anything always makes me happy because oh, he has he's no a, reason he's to be a on screen. Giant sweetheart of a dude. I've never met him, oh, but yeah. he, he looks like he'd be a really sweet guy. 
but he's a giant. Yeah. yeah. Bastard. Well, the thing is, Ugh. what I love about him is 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 he gets he's underrated because his performance as Drax is one of the fucking funniest things I've ever seen oh, on yeah, screen. Oh yeah, 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 and when, yeah, yeah. And when you take all the makeup off, he's still that guy, still that sure. actor. Oh, I bet. You know, so he's he's funny. He's funny to me that uh, that yeah, he made his, his splash was Jesus Christ. This guy's hysterical. <laughs> he gets the jokes. Yeah. I mean, you know, nothing, 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 nothing makes me laugh harder. Really, is in Guardians of the Galaxy Part Two, where he's standing there eating these Zarg nuts, and he's convinced that he's moving so slowly he's invisible. Uh-huh. I swear to God. Wow. You got to be a. You got to have some great comedy. You got to be a funny actor to be able yeah. to pull that off well. Yeah. And, Jesus Christ, I love Dave Batista, so I'm, I'm excited him. about that. All God right, so him. next up, we're going to have a guest. We are going to have a guest for our next uh, our next. I Like to Watch. Yeah, fingers crossed. You know, my wife's schedule is, is uh, fucking insane, um, but she is a, uh, a musician, a music teacher. Uh, you yourself are a musician and have uh, been a music teacher, and... Uh, we are not doing Mr. Holland's opus. Fuck I'm just no, going to say right Jesus now, we're not Christ, no. doing Mr. Holland's. No, 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 well, you talk no, about the music no. teacher no, thing. No, and I, that's know, what, I know, I know, I know. I'm not setting it up, right? I'm not a good, I'm not, I'm not good at the setup like you are. But, you know, the, the passion of teaching, I think, is is, is so beautiful. I, none of us would be here without amazing teachers. And one of my favorites, one of my wife's favorites, I believe I can speak for Don, when one of his favorites. I um, agree. It is one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I just... I hope it happens. 1989. I hope it happens. Well, if 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 Dead, Mimi yeah. doesn't join us, then Dead, it'll be you and I talking about I 1989's so. Dead Poet Society. The Dead Poet Society. I Just ho- a brilliant film. And... I hope it happens. Yeah. I hope I don't have to pull an audible on this one, but we'll see. We've never had an audible but yet. But we'll find out. <laughs> I, I I hope she I hope she makes it. We will arrange our time. Yeah. That's what we can do. And yeah. that my friends, is the show. Thank Word. you for listening. Yep. Thank you, sir, for being available. Rock and roll. And uh, happy Rock Halloween. Roll. Happy Halloween, everybody. 